Trivia Music Show of your favorite pop stars. What's happening, everybody? We are back with another episode of Pop Muse, the pop music trivia show of your favorite stars. And for those of you joining us for the first time, we scour the internet and find lesser-known facts about some of the big names, legends, megastars, or of course, what I always say, some cool cats from the international and national stage to fill you in on. And after this episode, let's see if you know as much as you think you know about some of these icons in music. I'm TJ Reed, and I got my bro with me, my compadre, who goes by the name of Yoon Chi. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> What's up, everybody? Hope you're ready for another feast of unknown facts. Oh, boy. Stars. All right, all right. <laughs> I'm going to start off with my guy. Right. This guy is a new age musician. New and, age. You mean someone that's relatively yeah, yeah. the younger generation. Contemporary, I guess you can call it. <laughs> and not, not ancient, right? Pretty hot out here in China. And just to elaborate a little bit more on new age, okay? This is somebody that's way after my generation, all right? So perhaps some of the young bucks out here in China may know mm. who this guy is. Like, that sounds like super young, probably not even my young age. <laughs> Possibly. I heard a couple of tracks, one in particular that I found to be hilariously universal. Hilarious how? Uh, it's just, I, I can't share. It's just hilariously. It's definitely not about the lyrics because you probably didn't understand <laughs> what he was singing about. No, it's just the, the, the feeling, the vibe, and it's quite universal, mm. especially after I learned what the title was and what the song was about. So oh, okay. can't wait to share who this guy is. Wow. And what about you, man? Well, in contrary to TJ's guy today, my guy is the falls into the category of ancient. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So this musician is one of the most uh, commercially successful pop musicians in the 1980s. In the 80s. Okay. Right. All right. And they are also associated with this what's called the second British invasion of the US. <laughs> the second British invasion. In the form of MTVs. <laughs> That's a term found on MTV and also The Guardian. So I guess there are two things you can take from this uh, from this statement that this is a British musician and also they are popular in the US so hopefully All right. they won't be too far for our TJ to get them <laughs> Well, I'm excited. I'm hoping that this isn't somebody that I had in mind to do. But oh, you I totally guess. do. You totally do. You know the work. You know the songs from this. From this. Really? Yeah. Oh man! And we like we hummed it oh. in the previous episodes. Okay. All right. I'm. Oh, now my mind is really thinking. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm excited to hopefully get this right. And for those of you listening out there, this will be a learning and entertaining experience for hopefully. you out there. And of course, as we always do before each episode, we want to drop our disclaimer that. All of the facts that we find are internet-based, and they can be erroneous. Things can be outdated. So, of course, if there's any inaccuracies, please reach out to us on these quote-unquote facts, and we'd love to hear from you and hopefully update it on to the next episode. Totally. Yeah. So, with no further ado, hey, man, what do you think about going first? Oh, my time. Well, didn't expect that, but I don't mind. <laughs> yeah. All right, All right. Man, go Just for it. Just a reminder, it's... To be specific, it's a pop duo mm. from the 1980s. A pop and we, duo. Oh, that messed up my... That, that messed everything up. <laughs> okay. A, yeah, right. It's a male 
duo groove. Okay, and we're gonna start from how these two met. All right. And the first fact: so these two they met at a secondary school in a town of Watford near London. Okay. And according to one of the duo members' Twitter account,、um, they actually at first performed in a skier band or ska band. A what band? Is skier. Skier, like S K A. It's a music style originated from Jamaica. Okay. And which is also the precursor to rocksteady and、uh, reggae music. Okay. Well, so it's like、uh, two musicians from from the Brit from Britain, and they were performing this exotic music style skier from from Jamaica,、hmm. and also alongside some former school friends. And after this school group split. These two musicians they eventually formed the band, which is now known to the general public. So by the time they formed this group, they were actually still teenagers, and they promoted themselves as hedonistic youngsters. Are you familiar、oh. with the word hedonistic? Oh, hedonistic. Yeah, they just go after whatever they feel and whatever is in their hearts to do. So it's like the hipsters. They follow their lusts. So、yeah. it's like a British version of hipsters. Okay. So you got a duo. They're from、um, England, from and they're they have a Jamaican type style. Yep. Okay,、and、I'm still in the dark, but okay, all right. Just a, like a, a definition on the word hedonistic or hedonistic.、Mm. Uh, it's、uh, people that are proud to live a carefree life without work or commitment. Okay, slackers. Okay, yeah, got it. <laughs> <laughs> and that ideology was also reflected in their earliest music style, which. Was partly touching on social issues and also briefly earned them the reputation as a dance protest group. Okay. So their debut record came in 1982, and this record actually has wow 82. That's the year、two. I was born.、Jeez. Wow! So it's your birthday gift. Okay. And this album had two versions. One is a social mix. And the other one is called the unsocial mix,、hmm. and the record was actually not playlisted by BBC Radio One in the UK, partly because of the profanity in the unsocial mix. <laughs> <laughs> I guess that's、okay. the, that's sort of the, the mark, the signs before we develop this like a, the explicit mark、mm. on some songs these days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, of yeah, course. Because they had one social mix and <laughs> unsocial mix. Yeah, they're rated and unrated. Yeah. <laughs> right. And okay. In just about a year, this group was. Super fast growing, and by the end of the next year, 1983, they were already competing against other pop rivals as one of Britain's biggest pop acts, and that's according to officialcharts.com.、Mm, who was their competition at that time? I actually deleted. I was looking at because <laughs> I, those names made no sense to me. Really? <laughs> because it's from 1980s. <laughs> it's even before TJ's time, like right. <laughs> Okay, so you just deleted them because they didn't make sense. Makes sense. Okay. <laughs> yeah, but now let's move on to the next fact. The next fact would be a dead giveaway to Chinese audiences. Okay. Especially the ones that are probably five, ten years above me. So like born in the 1980s. Okay. Because for this music duo in 1985, they took a break from recording and embarked on a very lengthy world tour, including a groundbreaking, high-profile 10-day visit to China,、okay. and that was the first visit ever by a Western group. Really? To perform in the territory of China. Oh wow! That's according to the Mid Atlantic. Almanac. Okay. And let me spill a little beans about the backstory of this visit. All right. Because according to BBC News, one of the managers called Simon Napier Bell 
He later admitted that he used cunning tactics to sabotage the rock band Queen. Okay. So Queen, they were <laughs> going to make the the milestone. Yeah. By being the first Western group to perform in China, but well, this manager he was pulling some <laughs> um, unusual sabotage. I was. I'm going to use the word unusual tactics to uh, to sabotage. Some right. Grimy tactics. Okay. And detail. He made two brochures for the authorities in China. Okay. One brochure is featuring their their wrong fans as pleasant middle class youngsters,、mm-hmm. and the other brochure portraying Queen lead singer Freddie Mercury in his typical flamboyant poses. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, yeah, I see where you're going with that. Yeah, so it's more <laughs> so like these middle class、uh, pleasant youngsters. They are more of the the style for the Chinese audiences. Now I see what you mean by sabotaging. Sabotage. Their, yeah, that was <laughs> their opportunity. Yeah, and that come on that. According to BBC News, okay. <laughs> so it, during that ten-day visit to China, so they began with a concert at the People's Gymnasium in Beijing,、mm. in front of like twelve thousand people, and then later they also performed a concert in front of another five thousand people in Canton Province. And according to Chicago Tribune, these two concerts were played without compensation.、Oh, wow, no compensation. Yeah, because I guess this visit alone is already earning them so much like publicity,、hmm. press coverage. Okay. By sort of like、uh, this watershed moment of like、uh, establishing connection, being the first to come to China, between China and the West. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so they're they're more of a rock band, right? A rock duo, I would or say, rock pop. If, if I'm gonna give a label, they're more like the the boy band type because they had like a very particular appeal to teenage young girls. Really, man, I'm、right. completely lost. Okay, <laughs> but wait for the last fact. It'll ring simple. Totally, you you at least know probably two or three songs from this duo. Okay, but before that, we're gonna have to finish the third fact, which is sadly this group didn't last for that long. Because I told you they probably kind of like、uh, the first debut album came in 1982, right? And they announced they break up in 1986. Okay. Well, mainly because their initial targeting was on the teenage. Um, Chinese girls, or <laughs> <laughs>、well, more like British. They just had spent ten days of their career in China, but but one of them kind of moved on as they probably grew four years older. Yeah, he wanted to tap into the sophisticated adult market,、mm. and that's what led to their eventual breakup in 1986. Yeah, so even though they only had like four years, 1982 to 1986. Yeah. They did leave tons, not not tons, but like three. <laughs> Or speaking as a Chinese, even I can name like three songs that I have heard repetitively from this duo. Okay. So maybe in the Western world, there's definitely more than just three. Okay. Yeah, I'm I'm still in the dark here. Well, all right. Right. I'm just about to feed you with my very last fact, the fourth fact. They started their music career by signing with a UK label called Inner Vision. Okay. And then they had some legal disputes with them, and after that was resolved, they signed with Epic. Okay. And the sister label, Columbia, representing him in US. Big names. And some other countries. And their next single after signing with Columbia and Epic. Made into the top ten of several countries around the world, and also became their first U.S. and U.K. number one single. And it sounds like ba da da da, ba da 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 da. 
da 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 Does mm. the melody ring any bell? None whatsoever. Don't worry. <laughs> There's another two coming. And the other iconic song from this group features a prominent saxophone riff. What kind of riff? Saxophone. Okay, saxophone. Saxophone. Okay, got it. I should just speak with more like a brutality. <laughs> saxophone. <laughs> All right. <laughs> uh, well, speaking of saxophone, do you, does that remind you of any song with a particular, like a catching riff? Uh, well, I mean, Kenny G has been highly publicized yeah, in America for his the saxophone, but uh, nothing really comes to mind. In a pop song, right? In a pop song, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so that's actually a song about a remorseful two-timer. A remorseful two-timer. Okay. Yeah, so what like, do you mean by two-timer? Like uh, someone that's not so... <laughs> it's, uh, it, this term refers to people that are rather uh, a playboy type. Oh, okay. Oh, two-timer. Okay, that makes sense. Got it. Yeah, two-timer. Right, 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 right. And this song was also featured in the superhero movie Deadpool. Deadpool. It was Ryan Reynolds' favorite music, especially at the end of the movie when he was kissing his girl and then he played this Oh, this is song. such a big clue. And I'm like, oh, I remember Deadpool. Did you watch Deadpool? I watched Deadpool, but I, it was one time. And there was, uh, I the know, scene, this, uh, there was a salt and pepper song that, that was kept playing again and again. But that's that's not, they're, not, the end they're of, definitely not from the UK. Yeah, at the end of the, at the, end of the movie, when he kissed his girl like, then he played the song and the song was played through the uh, the credit uh huh the, the whole credit <laughs> of, at the end of the movie <laughs> okay okay I, I feel like there might be something there yeah, something, yeah, 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 there's yeah, something yeah, whirling yeah, yeah. around okay. and, uh, but that song was actually largely considered to be the work of one of the duo instead of the two okay when you look up this song probably says it's uh that the musician is like a one of them instead of instead of the name of the group all right hmm okay sounds good i think and that's the second one that you probably know and the third song you definitely hear this because this is a song that comes back Every year. Around what time? Probably summer? around Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Yeah, so it's a song from this dude that comes around just like... Uh, Mariah Carey. Uh, All I Want for Christmas is You by Mariah Carey. Every time around mm. Christmas comes back and earning tons, millions of royalty for the musician. This song from this group also has a same story, has the same habit of returning to the top of the charts. Mm. So this song was originally, I think everybody already knows, which song it is but and it's kind of annoying because some people probably heard the, the Taylor Swift version of this song nope yeah but I do know people that they thought this is a song this is a Taylor Swift song Mm. <laughs> Instead of well, it's all about who's who you heard first, you know. Mm. Yeah, that's the yeah. biggest thing, and that's yes, the, yes. that's the one that's hard to get out of your memory when you right. hear the original. You a always lot of think times, about the voice from this first musician. Exactly, right? It's, yeah. So by February 2020, it, it was the tenth best-selling single of all time mm. in the United Kingdom. And it's also the most played Christmas song in UK in the 21st century. I wonder what this guy is famous for in the States. Because you mentioned how he's a he's a huge hit in the, the UK, or they were a huge hit in the UK. And then one 
person kind of figured that this is not for them. They, the, the group or the duo broke up and then this person went into a solo career, right? Right. Okay. The one that initiated the breakup, he was the one that was more into the sophisticated adult music. The one that's similar to the vibe as the Deadpool. Okay. The Remorse for Two Timer. I will never be able to something with you again. <laughs> uh, <laughs> never. No, okay. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah just yeah, two yeah, notes. Yeah. Just two notes. Even though I'm sure everyone... I think you sang this song on a, on a previous yeah, yeah, episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. After they went separate ways in 1986, mm-hmm. uh, one of them became hugely successful and famous in, U- in the US and the UK. But he still has like uh, the similar problems to his early music works. Some of some of his singles and um, albums were kind of controversial. Okay. One of the singles is called "I Want Your Love," and this song was originally banned in both the US and the UK. Really? For the name of the title. Okay. And, and they had to change it. So "I Want Your Love." Okay, so that's not the original title. The adapted version yeah, <laughs> after changing the name. Okay. Yeah, and some other successful singles from uh, from him as a solo artist were uh, "Freedom," "Faith," oh. <laughs> reflecting his struggles and. With Oh, uh, those songs were big in the 80s. Yeah, it's okay. kind of hard not to know who you're talking about now. <laughs> okay, so it's becoming clearer for TJ now. <laughs> yeah, during that time frame, those were really popular songs. I remember growing up listening to them, not really understanding what they meant at that time. But as I, I, thought, I thought you you were related <laughs> to the content. No, no, just but yeah, that was I think that was a uh, a hallmark moment for this artist, just you know struggling with a lot of things. I think he was trying to break away from a contract with Sony, and then also just yeah, some mm. struggles with society and as you mentioned, identity. So right, yeah, yeah, that's yeah, huge. Okay, well, well that, since that, TJ already knows who this person is. Well, earlier you mentioned one that comes around the holidays. Uh, yes, right, and then it's like the snowy days. Last Christmas, <laughs> I gave you my heart, right? Uh, but the very next year, <laughs> you I gave it away. <laughs> yeah, I, I remember that. Right. I guess that everybody also knows. Most people also know who this uh, duo is. And yeah. The name of this group from the 1980s is Wham. Wham. <laughs> yeah, you have to say that hard with because there's an <laughs> exclamation mark. Yeah, I know, right? I think the clue that gave it away for me was when you told me that it was on Deadpool. Yeah, I can feel you had like tons of clues yeah, in your head, was... but you can't put it together. Right, at first, because there was a lot of songs that, you know, old school songs that they put in that yeah, film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then... Like the vintage music style in Deadpool. Right, and then we also made a reference to that, and you said that there was a saxophone, and then we mentioned it earlier on yeah. a previous episode, and then that's when it clicked, and I was like, oh, okay. I think I know it's which connecting. one it is. That's connecting. <laughs> so yeah, that's um yeah, pretty awesome. Pretty yeah, awesome. Yeah, but music. we gotta mention the name. The two members of the duo Wham. All right. Um are George Michael and Andrew Ridgely. Hmm. And Wham was one of the most commercially successful pop acts of the 1980s, and they sold more than 30 million certified records worldwide from 1982 to 1986 in just four or five years. Hmm. And according to Penguin Books Limited, Penguin Books Limited, okay, <laughs> yeah, it's like a bi- biography from one of these uh, artists. All right. So British graphic design studio was credited with adding the exclamation mark. To 
to the name of this band. So, what tracks are you gonna play from this group? Right, since uh, it's still not uh, Christmas time, and I, I don't want to like uh, <laughs> because it's gonna come back eventually. So, <laughs> right. we don't have to play right now. And the two tracks I want to play from Wham. <laughs> the first one will be "Wake Me Up." Before you go,、uh, before you that go, was go. The, that was the one I was humming at the first at the first place, the first、Wake、one that I up right. Before da, you go, da, go, da. and that will be definitely followed by Ryan Reynolds' favorite track <laughs> in Deadpool, also at the end of the scene. I'm never gonna dance、right. again. <laughs> Come on, it's Kelly's whisper. It's not Kelly's yelling. <laughs> right, wake me up before you go, go and. Carolis whisper. Let's hear it.
calls to mind a silver screen and all
That was Kelly's Whisper by Wham. <laughs> I have to. Yeah. So, with a bit of dramatic uh, Those style. are some classic songs, man. I mean, I, totally is. I grew up hearing them, and it's like... Especially that saxophone part is definitely one of the most uh, iconic saxophone riffs in any pop song. I think so. And I, I, originally, I didn't know that these guys were from the UK. I thought that yeah. they were American. I mean, when I was a kid, I thought everybody that I was listening that is, to was American. Yeah, there's no, there's just one country, America, in the world. <laughs> in yeah, terms of yeah. music, I think at that age, yeah, that's what I thought. And then I got older and I was like, what? That guy was from the UK? No way. Wow. Couldn't tell from I didn't the know accent. They had... <laughs> like some water. Yeah, uh, you can't tell from no. the music, you know? So yeah, that's... they're probably appealing to the American market. Mm, yeah. Definitely definitely so for tj who do you got for us today well today i got somebody again as i mentioned just a new artist out here in china that from the young age from the young age i remember that part and i was actually referred this musician i i heard a, a track from them and i just identified with it right away because it was just something that i think we could all identify with and um, from there, I just kind of looked into this person's life, and I was like, "Huh." I saw a connection point with myself. Okay, in so this you person. got interested in this musician through uh, by an a incident, song by incident. Yeah, why don't we uh, quit digressing here and um, let's let's get to the trivia. So, fact number one, and this is according to K Profiles and Baidu Baiku. This artist never had formal training as a musician. Mm. Um, music was a pretty much a childhood hobby. Like most people when they were young, I think a lot of people tend to do something. or play something with music, right? Um, he had an alias that stuck with him as a kid, and it's pretty much what he goes by for his in his professional career. And so, something that we're not going to mention until later. Definitely not. Not till later. All right, let's move on. This artist didn't start writing music until he was in his 20s, and that's a little late considering most artists, most musicians start at a much younger age. Right. He taught himself how to play the guitar which is kind of cool um, his parents were civil servants with no musical background as I mm. mentioned before and um, they actually and I think as you mentioned uh, with other Chinese stars a lot of the parents didn't really want their children right. to go into music they thought it was just maybe it was risky and maybe for themselves they had very average lifestyle so they didn't want their child to go into something that was yeah, a bit most of the time it's like it's a, a quite a long shot to to right. enter the show business exactly exactly but i think that could also cause some problems with um, expectations right i mean if you let's say you have a, a mindset that you want to shoot for the stars and you want to be something big but your parents like kind of smack them down a little bit like no 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 don't 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 think like that you know you're, you're not that brilliant just <laughs> just just do what we tell you to do all right i mean this this kind of could cause a lot of friction with a lot of people as they get older, because it's like, I have dreams. I have things that I want to do. I look at the, the the TV screen. I look at my phone. I look around, and people are brilliant, and they're great. Why do I have to be put in this bubble? That yeah, there's usually like two like end stories for people with such like a growing up experience. It's usually they become, they tend out to be very obedient and mm. sort of like a lack of confidence because the parents constantly like bring them down. Right. And the other people, they will become very... Rebellious. Uh, rebellious. Yeah, that's the word I was looking for. Right. <laughs> All right, let's move on. Fact number two, and this is also from Baidu Baiku. Now, you have to bear with me on some of these translations because everything was translated to English, and sometimes the mm -hmm. translation out, you know, doesn't really work very well. So uh, bear with me if there's some mistakes here. This artist used to sing 
in campus competitions while in college.、Mm, right, that's quite a common thing here. Is it common? <laughs> yeah, even starting from maybe、uh, like、uh, high school, like the the school, the education system. I mean, the schools they would normally organize such singing competitions、mm. for as an entertainment for people for students to kind of like participate in extra extra curricular activities. Okay. Yeah. All right, all right, that's cool. Well, he participated, and he was one of the top ten singers of the School of Sciences. Now, I'm not oh yeah, sure, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure if he was a judge or a singer because again, the translation was kind of funny. But I'm assuming that since he's a singer today, that he actually participated and was actually one of the top singers. It's for, not, doesn't sound like like it's going to be that difficult because it's. I mean, it's a school, school of, of sciences. sciences. Right? That's <laughs> what I was thinking too. Yeah. <laughs> so the difficulty is like one level down. Right. Doesn't doesn't mean that these guys can actually sing, guys. But anyway, moving on here. Despite the fact that he was into music, he majored in the medical field, and he,、mm. I guess, during that time, it was quite traumatic. When he interned in this industry,、uh, he witnessed hundreds of people die in front of him, and it struck a chord. And I think that struck a chord with me as a person because I used to work in the medical industry, and also, you know, it's not an easy place to work. You do experience people pass away, and、um, it can kind of stick with you for a long time. Kind of like similar to、uh, psychiatrists, and for in the consulting business, because you constantly listen to other people's、uh, struggles, problems. Right. Like you're absorbing that kind of like a negative energy. Yes, you're absorbing this energy, and it's um, it's tough. And I think that this might have had an influence on his music, possibly.、Yeah. So is his music more of the the sad style, sentimental? I'm not sure. I mean, the song that I heard from, or the music that I've heard from him, the very, there is yeah, the very that、one. element. He does have、okay. that. That the sadness is definitely there, but he also has another side, which is the side that was that I was drawn to a little bit more.、Mm. Um, one of the persons that passed away, and again, this is according to Baidu Baiku, if I'm reading the translation correctly.、Um, his mother, his biological mother, actually passed away、um, during this time frame, and he continued to message her on WeChat even though she passed away. Wow, and that's、uh, yeah. I thought that that was that was know, a very pretty, sad story. Yeah, pretty traumatic experience. We're gonna move on to fact number three. And again, Baidu Baiku says that、uh, according to this source, he got involved into social activism. Um, he was the EU goodwill ambassador between China and Europe.、Hmm. And this is related to tourism, I guess. And、um, a few years ago, he linked up with a couple of other stars to call for better education for children in impoverished areas. So it sounds like this is definitely something that you know a lot of stars get involved in. You know, this type of charity, humanitarian work. And、um, for this venture, he teamed up with a guy named Han Gang. Okay,、uh, okay. That that's actually the one that you brought up. Yeah, yeah. Actually, the one that you brought、back. up. The one you brought up, but it wasn't、oh, the right one. Yeah,、musician. I brought up. Yeah, yeah, I got it. I got it <laughs> yeah, mixed you, up. You guessed this. I thought、wrong. it's the one. I thought Hangun was the one you were introducing, but、yeah. turned out to be another one from the Korean pop stars. <laughs> right, right. So th- now this might be a giveaway for some hardcore fans out there, but I'm gonna go ahead and go on with it. His songs resonate with a lot of younger listeners. His appeal is a bit introverted and shy. Mm. And、uh, he, you know, because and he can't really integrate well with others. So for people who can't really integrate well with others, and for one of his top singles, he wrote it originally to encourage himself and the audience. All right, he believes that quote in reality, it seems that most people live a life that's not really what they want, but everyone has the life that they want in their hearts. 
So the song is also produced in the hope that the audience should continue to move forward with their ideals, even when things aren't going well. And I guess the reception from his music was um, it resonates with a lot of people and it reflects like deep seated struggles and the realities that young people face. And I think that that's certainly where you want to start. If you're if your music resonates with a lot of people, especially in your generation, I mean, I think that you're just going to explode. And I think that's what this guy has done. It totally does, but that sounds like pretty much like everyone. <laughs> most of the positive, positive, encouraging music that we have these I'm days. I'm looking at Yunchi's face, and it just doesn't—he doesn't look moved or amused buying, at all. I, was, like, I wasn't <laughs> buying that pap, that pap talk, that like inspirational speech from TJ at all. <laughs> it's, it's not my speech. I'm just like, saying, yeah, 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 yeah. It's like his style, but that's like, <laughs> what doesn't kill you make you stronger, right? All right. I think Yunchi's not upset, not happy that he. He didn't get. It's not bringing him closer to who this person is. No, no, no. It sounds like everybody's work. Yeah. All right, all right. Let's well, keep. Let's, let's keep, keep moving. So, in the competition that made him famous, it was this appeal that pushed him into the spotlight among other contestants. So, one big thing about this artist, and again, this is another clue for hardcore fans: the competition where he competed. There was a stark difference between him and his competitors. Most people, when they go to a competition, they're all done up. They're wearing makeup. They're wearing, you know, they look really spiffy. They're trying、right. to win over the audience and the judges. Yeah, and I But, hate that, especially for men putting on makeup for the stage. <laughs> yeah, you see, we see a lot of that.、Right. But also, this guy was a bit more normal. He had, he looked, he was quite timid, and that appeal struck sympathy with the audience. And to this day, I'm not sure if that was a strategy because I kind of feel like it could be. If you look like really, really like shy. It could get pity or empathy from the audience, and so no matter what you do up there, they're going to、Make. applaud you and encourage you. And then, if you actually have some musical ability, it's like, whoa, this guy's amazing. When actually, maybe it's like you know, quite good. But they're going to actually, you're going to impress them that much more. You know yeah, I mean? it's, it's, it's the it's, it's the contrary. Yeah, because people see you're like introverted. Yeah,、so、they don't have the expectation. They don't anticipate you to perform with like maybe wild or yeah such a huge energy coming from your. Just、music. like you said, you don't like the notion of certain guys wearing makeup or certain people being all done up on the stage, and then you got somebody that comes out there and they're completely different. He's the、um, what they call the peacock in the room because he looks completely different from everyone else. So, but yeah, that was his appeal, and that was I think was also a big part of him being successful in this、uh, competition.、Uh, that yeah, that's also like encouragement to people because it, like the normal regular audience they feel closer because like everyone. So there's a star. You don't have to be、uh, someone that's super outgoing. I kind of equate it to Slim Shady or Eminem in hip hop because when he first got started, it was like. Wait a minute! This guy's white. What, 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 how, what does he think he's doing? And yeah, then he hooked yeah, yeah, up、yeah. with Dr. Dre, and then it was just like, oh wow, this guy's actually pretty good. And so、yeah. because of this, it, I think this is also it has kind of a similar appeal where people are expecting yeah, yeah, a certain yeah. look or a it's certain actually、person. becoming more mainstream now because I I mean in the genre of rap yeah most rappers they look like super confident like they can diss you all the time but yeah and then there comes like people who are like a like a nerdy geeky looking yeah guys but they turned out to be very powerful yeah 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 I mean I'm I'm thinking it's a strategy but I mean hey I mean it worked out for this guy yeah even if, if it, 
really if it isn't. was or wasn't, it still worked out. But for even him, right? if it wasn't, but it's, it's still a good strategy to uh, to take to take advantage of your like true personality. Yeah, 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 for sure. And channel that. Let's move on to fact number four. Again, my main source here is Baidu Baiku because <laughs> it's hard to find more information about this guy on Western media. But he is from, and I'm not sure if I should even say this right now. I think I'm gonna wait.、Mm. No, I'm gonna say it. This guy's from the Dongbei region in China. Okay. All right. I、That's, know that where that is, but doesn't really narrow <laughs> doesn't anything. <laughs> doesn't really narrow anything down for me. Well, I put this at fact four because when I said where the person was from in the beginning, it just t- totally messed up the trivia.、Huh. So, last year in 2020, he participated in a show called Refrigerator Party, and I'm not sure if that's Refrigerator Party. I'm not sure if that's the right translation or okay. not. Okay. But I think this is where people on the show reveal what they eat, like their refrigerator. They bring The refrigerator on the show. They bring their、like, refrigerator. Okay, like show their like personal life, like what they store, what it, they store cup. I、there. guess like yeah, what kind of food they eat or what's in their refrigerator, and they just talk about it. And I thought that this was kind of interesting. I was like, it does sound quite interesting. Yeah, I know, especially like if you're rich, it's like, hey, look how I'm eating, guys. Look、uh, at this. Yeah. Well, <laughs> this you don't really. I eat、it. lobster for like breakfast, lunch, and、oh, yeah, dinner. Yeah, 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 yeah. I was going to say there's not really something <laughs> much thing. Many things that are like expensive in the refrigerator, but lobster <laughs> definitely counts as one. Of course. Yeah. Uh, okay, on on February fourth, twenty twenty one, he joined the CCTV twenty twenty one online Spring Festival Gala, and this is a really really big event. It's like yeah, you know, every Chinese New Year, this TV show is、um, it's it's an honor to be on this program. You know what? In the previous episodes, I compared this to the Christmas show in the Western countries, but I would say it's more like the Super Bowl. Yeah,、uh, the Super Bowl halftime. Super Bowl halftime show. Yeah, yeah. Right, yeah, so it's、yeah. a, it's huge. So it's some someone that the whole nation watches. And you know what? I could have and I could have joined this. Yeah, come、uh, on, forget this. <laughs> you didn't go. I could have joined it. <laughs> it didn't go. Eventually, didn't work out. Didn't、yeah. work out. Anyway, moving right along here. One of the first songs he wrote. Oh, and this is probably a really really big clue again for fans out there. I'm not sure Yuji is a fan because he's missed the other two, but I'm just gonna give him. I'm gonna feed him another. Okay,、one. I'm gonna try this one. All right. One of the first songs that this artist wrote was for. His sister when she got married,、hmm. right? And he attended talent shows like The Son of Tomorrow, Day Day Up. If I've translated that correctly,、uh, yeah, yeah, you're familiar with this show, right? I probably know which one you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. And The Coming One. All right,、mm. those are really big shows apparently here in China, and he was a part of that. And since Yunchi is still kind of in the dark here, I'm going to say that the show that actually made him famous or the, the competition was the, the, the coming one. The coming one. The coming one. Yeah. So the coming one is not like for doesn't mean the next one that you're gonna talk about. It <laughs> means so the name is the coming one. That's the name of the the competition <laughs> or the、uh, the show. Yeah, when you said that the first time, I thought like the coming one. Okay, I'm gonna sit. <laughs> I'm gonna sit tight and listen. And there's nothing coming. <laughs> okay, so that I mean, again, this artist—he didn't have a musical background. He's、yeah. uh, quite introverted. He doesn't have that appeal that a lot of stars, for example, that we talked about before, who are quite confident. He—he kind of has this shy, kind of introverted appeal. But、yeah. his music is still quite good. He touches on a nerve with the younger generation. A lot of suppressed feelings and this and that. And、um, his origins was in something like in the medical field, and but、um, more specifically, a nurse. 
And that's why I connected with him because I was a nurse for about four years. Okay, the nurse story does ring a little bit bell. Okay. Me, but but um, so, yeah, the, for those people who are fans, those are really, really big clues. And that's pretty much it. I mean, I was trying to find some kind of information about this guy's dating life or anything <laughs> like that, but there's just nothing. I mean, it was just like squeaky clean. I, I He must still be single. Or just, um, yeah, I, I don't know. That's probably it's his... It's kind of hard to tell. It's probably his image. I mean, if he has like a PR team, mm-hmm. because he's like, kind of like a geeky, uh, introverted type of guy. Uh-huh. So this type of guy that usually don't have like a publicly uh, announced relationship. Okay, okay. I don't know. I'm just, uh, I'm just speculating. It could be something that his PR team is trying to maintain for him. Okay, all right. Yeah, you might have a point there because, yeah, I mean, most guys that are young and famous, I mean, there's normally someone, some mystery lady somewhere. Yeah, but, but... before he has like an official that an, a relationship that he could officially acknowledge, acknowledge yeah <laughs> those like unofficial ones they of course it wouldn't appear in the public oh okay interesting and so Yunchi, that brings me to the end of my facts and so i'm gonna ask you from this point who do you think it is i actually i do have an answer from some <laughs> unadvantaged <laughs> source <laughs> Okay, so what was the fact that I gave you that made you consider the, the TV show that made him famous? Uh, the one called Son of Tomorrow, or okay, what was the translation? That yeah, Son of Tomorrow. Son of Tomorrow. Yeah, and I only know one person, or that's kind of became famous from that show, mm-hmm. Son of Tomorrow, and uh, that guy does strike me as someone that's quite introverted, even though I don't listen that much from his works. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to go with... Uh, I don't think he's got an English name. No. Yeah, so I'm going to go with uh, Mao Bu Yi. All right, all right. Well, let's hear what the judges have to say about that. Congratulations, my man. That's who it is. You lucked out. I think it was the last clue that gave it yes, away. <laughs> son of Tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mao Bu Yi is a Chinese singer, songwriter, show host, and activist. His real name is Wang Wei Jia, and he rose to fame oh, after being crowned champion in the first season in the first season of the 15 episode reality show The Coming One from Tencent Video. Mm. Fans are attracted to his poetic lyrics and melancholic melodies. And the number of followers on the Cena Weibo account has reached nearly 120 million. Wow. Just by the way, also, I vaguely remember he was a nurse before. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. so two dots, two dots. Yeah, yeah. And I got two tracks that I'm going to share from this musician. And the first one I got is called Drowning in Sorrow. And that's the one that I mentioned earlier. Wow, where he, sounds so deep. Yeah, it sounds deep. I guess it resonated with a lot of people who can just reflect on, I guess, some of the struggles that it took to be successful or not successful and people that are just living with that, right? Living a life where you're not able to reach your potential. And I think that this can be also something. Yeah, that's good because we have so many like uh, lessons teaching people how to pursue success. Mm. We need more lessons to teach people how to face failure, mm. embrace failure. Or wow, that's that that sounds wow. Deep. Mark that on my tombstone. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So yeah, first track I got is "Drowning, Drowning in Sorrow. Sorrow," and the next one that I have is the one that struck me because I love the title. 
and I love the uh, the melody, and it's titled mm. "If I Become Rich One Day." <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of TJ's dream, or everyone's everyone's dream, right? That's why I mean everybody could feel that. That's that's something that's universally felt. But before we hear those tracks, Yuchi, we're gonna go Thank ahead and call it too. for this episode. Thank wow. you so much. And for those of you joining us, be sure to tune in for another episode of Pop Muse, where we can give you another trivia on another artist that hopefully entertain you and educate you <laughs> at the same time. Yes, sir. I'm TJ Reed, and it's Yunchi here. Take it easy, folks. We will see you next time. Totally. Peace.
选择不是去环游世界，躺在世界上最大最软的沙发里，吃了就睡，醒了再吃，想过一年。如果有一天我变得很有钱，就可以把所有人都留在我身边，每天快快乐乐吃吃喝喝聊聊天，不用担心关于明天或离别。变有钱，我变有钱。多少人没日没夜的浪费时间？变有钱，我变有钱。然后鼓作钱，却都说金钱不是一切。Yeah.